Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, everybody. It's me, Zach Ruwain from Mission Zach's Leguzama Rama. Uh, I'm here uh, in the spoiler warning section with a bit of a preamble beyond the spoiler warning. Um, I've got three things I need to tell you tonight, today, as you listen to our podcast. Three little warnings about this podcast. One is in fact a spoiler warning. Um, If you've not seen the Morton Jankel cut of Super Mario Brothers, where they added 20 minutes of previously unseen VHS footage, um, we do give away the bonus scenes. Uh, We talk quite a bit about all all the stuff they've added in. So this is your spoiler warning. If you haven't seen the Super Mario Brothers movie, I, I can't remember, but I think we also give away the ending. But I can't remember for sure. Uh, So there's your spoiler warning. Number two is, um, (laughs) as is kind of the way with this podcast at the moment, although we have put checks and balances in for future. So I think this is the last one. Um, There was some tech issues. Uh, Many, many, many tech issues. This podcast, uh, you'll hear all about it. Um, (laughs) But one of the tech issues was uh, an issue with the microphones. Um, So it does sound a little bit like me and Mish are living in a tin can. Um, It's not entirely unpleasant. But uh, if you're thinking, wow, it sounds a little bit like Mish and Zach are in a tin can. Uh, We're not in a tin can. Uh, It's not a problem with your headphones. Those are probably your first two theories. The third theory, there was an issue with the microphone, uh, would be correct. So uh, just so you know, Tom, our sound guy, did a wonderful job of making it uh, listenable. But the tin can effect is not your headphones uh it was zaki's fault and my apologies won't happen again um just so you know thirdly this was recorded before before all the silly business that's currently happening in sydney um there's some stuff going down in sydney if if you're not reading the news um so we might talk about I can't remember if we do, but I feel like it's worth mentioning. We might say, oh, hey, we're doing a screening in July of Super Mario Brothers. Um, It's not happening in July. Uh, As I record this, I don't know exactly when it is happening, probably August or September. There will be more details on our Instagram, at Mission Zach. But the screening of Super Mario Brothers in Sydney is not happening in July and we may say that in this podcast because it was recorded a few weeks ago um that's about it you know that's a that's a big intro of of a lot of negatives so um sorry about that um but I think this is a really uh fun podcast tech issues notwithstanding um uh, I hope you stick it out I hope you have a fun time um next week we'll be back with more checks and balances to make sure there's not tech issues (laughs) 
Oh my goodness. Oh, it's been a fun one. Um, anyway, uh, just to recap, one, spoiler warning, two, Mission Zach sound like they're in a tin can, and three, um, the screening is not happening in July. Wow. Otherwise, uh, I hope you enjoyed this very fun podcast um, all about tech issues and the Morton Jankel cut of Super Mario Brothers. Thank you so much. We love you all. Hope you enjoy. This has been your spoiler warning. Peace. I hate the word. Adam. 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 One leg is gonna fuck you the ticket. Gonna play a little cornstarch. My werewolf man. Luigi Mario. Hello everyone and welcome to Mission Zach's Leguizama Rama. This is a podcast where each week myself, Mish, and my mate Zach, we have a chat about something John Leguizamo has been involved in, be it a movie, TV show, music video, or a commercial, often in Spanish. Uh, my name is Mish Wittrup. You might know me from... I'm I'm going to use the same joke I did in the first recording. Okay. The listeners won't know. But I came up with it at the top of my head and I thought it was funny. Yes, sure. Cool. So, I'm Mish Wittrop. (laughs) You might know me from having watched Super Mario Brothers once when I was six Uh and four times at the age of 33. Can you guys laugh? (laughs) You laughed the first time. Thank you. Um, I'm joined as always by my friend Zachary Thomas Ruane, who you might know from. Um, Now, uh, 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 I think being a part of the podcast that has the most technical problems. Mm. Um, <laughs> this is the second podcast in a row yeah. where you are joining us at take two. Yeah, uh, it's it's been a bad run. Malekasamarama. I don't want to blame COVID-19, the Indian variant of the COVID-19 virus, but it certainly has made our lives harder in the last Two and a half weeks. And it would be far more funny and less tragic if it was just Zach and I, but we are joined by someone today. So not only are Zach and I wading through a shitstorm, but we've dragged a professional comedian down with us. He is the um, shining, uh, the the king of the the comedic (laughs) film nerd podcast. Both short wow. form and long form. He's an innovator of our field. <laughs> wow, you could have just left it as he's the shining. I like that. He's the shining. And not, and not the four hour long miniseries where Stephen King showed the greatest filmmaker of his generation how to do the story right. No, he's the 1980 original wow. shining. Thank Very God. Good. I was worried you were referring to the miniseries that whole time. I was taking huge offence to it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Alexi. I'm so sorry about what we've put you through. Do you want to give is- us uh, mm-hmm. uh, a little um, maybe just breakdown? Because we've all had a rough Oh, day yes. I've been having a breakdown all day. I can give you a little one anytime <laughs> you want. <laughs> Give us a little uh, talk through of mm-hmm. um, your day um, yep. experiencing the, the, you know, we talk a lot about the wonders of the internet. I listen to the mm-hmm. podcast Freakonomics Radio. They talk a lot about the wonders of the internet and what it can yeah. do for us today. <laughs> Sometimes we forget 
that we're not there yet entirely. Yeah. Tell us what your experiences of the internet have been in the last um, eight hours now. Yeah. Well, I had an absolutely splendid day. I woke up a little chilly in my house today, so I decided to spend an extra hour in bed, turn mm. the heater on, wrap myself back up in the doona, knowing I had the day off. I had one simple task today to watch the Morton Jenkel cut of the Super Mario Brothers movie <laughs> that only runs about 20 minutes longer than the traditional cut. So I thought, no problems. Great day ahead of me. Get in bed, get back in bed and just try and like recuperate from life and how it treats me every day. And then I woke up. First thing I do, chuck on an episode of Law and Order SVU where David Harbour plays a, a serial child molester who's obsessed with dolls and kidnapping little girls. I'm like, all right, tough way to start my morning, but let's keep on living. And I chose a little poorly with my little aperitif before starting this movie. But then let's move on to the feature presentation. I hop on the link that you guys sent me for the Morton Jankel cut on this archival website. Read a little bit of the information about how this was put together, that it was, they found a VHS tape that had more footage on it of all of the director's work putting the, the movie together, Super Mario Brothers, the movie from 1993. Reading all about it, getting myself, to be honest, a little hyped for a new experience mm. in the world yeah, of film. Yeah, fuck yeah. I hit play on that. I chuck my HDMI cable, stick it into my 65-inch TV from my tiny little laptop, and it begins to almost immediately begin pausing and start loading and kind of stop starting. I'm like, you know what? I absolutely can't live this way. I can't imagine watching a movie like this, so I'm going to do the right thing. But just quick correction. You think you can't live that way, but continue. <laughs> you think, this you think is there is the no way. Oh, surely, surely the day is only up from here. A little Absolutely. If you start with David Harbour going around New York City killing and murdering little girls and kidnapping <laughs> them from their families, posing as child services is a sneaky way to get into them. I thought, you know what? It's only up from here. <laughs> Tragically, it was a descent into hell from that point on. Oh, my God. I unplugged the HDMI, imagining that the problem is that the stream connecting from my laptop mm. to the TV, that's a big problem. You know what? Let's just go on the lap. So I'm sitting there uh, in my cold apartment. Hopefully, the laptop will warm myself, especially the gonads area where it's sitting right now. And I'll just radiate heat throughout my body as this yeah. movie plays. Continues to stop start. I'm completely embarrassed. I think I've got an internet problem. I'm like embarrassed by my internet almost every day. I'm actually hot spotting from my sp my phone to do this podcast with you guys right now, leading into my data plans. <laughs> this is going to cost you money. Don't worry. We'll, uh, uh, we'll send you a check after this podcast, Alexi. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, no problems. You know, you've lived through worse stuff. Let's do this, okay? Let's keep going. I find the torrent on this website to download it. I haven't torrented in maybe six or seven years. So I have to reteach myself this is how so to do lime it. Wire. <laughs> exactly. I'm a LimeWire guy. Do you know the okay? saddest thing about all of this? The saddest, saddest thing is is my journey was very parallel to yours. <laughs> so we're we're sitting here on our own personal journeys, thinking it's an issue with our internet, with our um, and and know, knowing that uh, that we could have put our minds together earlier, we could have yeah. shared um, and and been like, you oh know what, boy. this isn't our fault. 
But mm-hmm. this was happening separately. We were alone, and that's that's the world. We it's kind of today. like when you look at the moon, and you know someone across the world is yeah. also looking at the moon. Mm. When you watch the extended cut on archive.com mm-hmm. of Super Mario Brothers, mm-hmm. cut by what was his name? Well, it wasn't cut by. Mo- we'll get into it. It's okay. the Morton Jekyll cut. It's we'll the Morton Jekyll cut. It. You know, there's someone across the world Absolutely. also experiencing the same thing. It's it's. And I know exactly. It was just one other person because it was only one cedar on the torrent that I was trying to download, <laughs> which is why it took me about seven or eight hours. I ended up watching an incomplete download of this movie, even though it's a more complete cut. You would think I would have a complete download. I had an incomplete download, so I don't know what I experienced. I watched it on one point eight speed to oh get the God. entire of the podcast. So you know, We're I'm awful. really I, I've I've got a different energy for you guys than I've ever had in my body before. Well, yeah, you might, Anger. and also, also, an hour ago when we all met to start recording this podcast, there was a different energy altogether. It was almost light. We'd all experienced the same mm. thing: this mm. bullshit internet, then this bullshit yeah. uh, copy of Super Mario Brothers extended, <laughs> Morton Jankle, whatever. We'd all experienced that. Let's sit down. Let's start doing this. We're then unable to work our webcam, so Alexi is sat looking at himself for mm. about 15 minutes. Then I'm we started a lot while this is happening. Yeah, of course, as as you would. Then we started <laughs> recording uh, the podcast. We're like, so sorry, Alexi. Ha 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 ha. This is almost funny. We can use this. This is good pod banter. We start recording. Almost instantly, Zach and I realise that there's something wrong with our microphone or head f- headset connection, but decide mm-hmm. to just. Charge on! You know that <laughs> point you hit where you're like, it it has been too many things mm. at this point that if we ask to stop and fix it, you we've just got to do it. Mm. Yeah. And then I and then I got like three minutes in, and I just thought to myself, no, the worst thing that I could do is put mm. Alexi through <laughs> all of this. And then shoot him a message, be like, hey, sound is fucked, we're not releasing it. <laughs> <laughs> and then yo, oh man, thank you so much for joining us on the pod. We're not releasing it, though, because uh, the sound was about as fucked as we expected it so to be. So fucked. <laughs> Basically, what was meant to be about a three-hour experience, a two-hour movie and a one-hour mm-hmm. podcast, has turned into around about seven hours. It's been a huge day. It's for, been a big day. For, for Alexi, for all of us, but... Um, we chose this life. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's very funny you said um, that you were sitting and contemplating or that you, like, I think Mish said that, that we, we left you to sit staring at your own face contemplating. Mm. Usually when that happens or when someone says that, the concept is contemplating what have you done with your life. Mm. Um, but you were, I think, left contemplating what have they done with their life. <laughs> And why have they dragged yeah. me into this quagmire? I've been there. Don't worry. Cameron, James, and I used to do a podcast all about Mike Myers movies. Oh, I've had darker fuck. moments than this, I tell you that. Oh, um, I've, I've had much darker days in my life. The, the, um, oh, oh, bitch, I'm married an axe murderer. What's it called? Yeah. So, Honey. I'm married an axe murderer. So, so, bitch, I'm married an bitch axe murderer. Bitch, got me an uh, axe murderer. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. Fuck, I remember that. Did movie. you watch all of his films or were you a little more Only uh, one I haven't seen. We did them in order from tip to taint. And amazing. I never watched um Bohemian Rhapsody. 
I've never uh, seen it. Right. That's his most recent movie, and we we're just like, you know what? Let's not do it. Let's which, just live out a happy life. We've had this discussion before on this podcast. Which of the three Austin Powers movies is your favorite? Number one, I think it's a masterpiece. Fuck, okay, I'm number two. Uh, number two, but rocks. it was because, and he's a great character in Austin Powers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, two was the first Robert one I Wagner, saw. Famous murderer. Hey, number two was the first Austin Powers that I saw. So we think that maybe that's why. It's because one and two are virtually the same film with the yes. addition of a couple of characters. So it yeah, tends you got to fat be... bastard taking up some screen time in there. So. Yeah. It's a little bit of a life advice. If you're ever having an argument with someone about, you know, Austin Powers 1, Austin Powers 2, just stop, take a break, ask them what was the first one they saw. Yeah. And you'll see in that moment that... Um, that, that the one they saw first tends to be their favourite. Mm. Um, hey, thank you so much for joining <laughs> us on this podcast. Hey, my pleasure. I'm having a beautiful time hanging out with you guys, having the time of my life. And Allow it, me to make a lighthearted joke to reset everything. Please. Uh, Morton Jankel cut, more like Morton Jenga cut. I pulled the brick and now everything's tumbled down in my life. <laughs> that was very good. It doesn't Thanks, get better than that, down. folks. <laughs> um, so... Uh, we've already discussed this in our last recording, but we've got to do it again. Uh, you're a big film buff. I did Josh L's podcast with you a few weeks ago. I learned mm-hmm. that about you, but I'm assume- presumably most people know that. But <clears throat> what is your relationship with John Leguizamo? I absolutely adore Johnny Legs. We love that. I think he's one of the great character actors of his generation. I think that he has an incredibly unique energy that he brings to the screen. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is bright. He is shining. He is sparkling. And he has just the right amount of edge to him as well. That Mm. makes him incredibly interesting to watch. I think he's a very generous actor. This is great. Oh. I would say that his performance as Tybalt in Romeo plus Juliet, mm. the Baz Luhrmann joint, mm-hmm. maybe, I would say maybe in the canon for me as one of the greatest Shakespearean performances ever put to freaking screen. Fuck yes, yes, preach! Preach, Actually, bitch! Can I tell I'm going to keep going. Him <laughs> as Go. Benny Blanco from the Bronx in Carlito's Way. Oh, oh we're so excited to watch that. Performance. One of my favorite movies of all freaking time. I've seen it probably 16 times in my life. Wow. And every Jesus. time I'm like, Johnny Legs, my God, you are one of the all-timers for me. Yeah. You Great. should, if you like him in Carlito's Way, you should watch him in Miami Vice. I've actually never seen him in Miami Vice. All right, I'm going to send you the episode of Miami Vice that he's in that has yes. really, that's, that'll be an easy, quick upload. It's on <laughs> nine now, so yeah. it's going to be sweet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my those, God. It's a primo stream. It's a primo streamer. I actually yeah. recently downloaded it to watch Law & Order <laughs> Criminal, uh, watch Law & Order <laughs> Organized <laughs> Crime. <laughs> I've been watching Lord Order Organized Crime on Nine Play, so I'm all about using it. Well, I love I love your love of Law and Order as well. I want to yeah. like say this is a great layer. Do you know? For you. I've never. I've never come out publicly talk about how much I love Law and Order. Fuck but yeah! It's recently I've readopted it. I've never. This is a little confession. I've wow. never seen Law and Order. I've never seen SVU. I've never <gasps> seen any of them. Mm. Like I don't even. I wouldn't be able to tell you the difference. There's one that's set in Miami. Well, that's the, no. Well, uh, You're thinking about CSI, I believe. Actually. Yeah, yes, See, that's any CSI of those, any of those kind yeah. of like crime shows that have 32 seasons. I've never seen any yeah. of them. Yeah, I think what's amazing about Law and Order. So Law and Order 
the first series, mm-hmm. right, which went for like, mm-hmm. what, 20 seasons? You're going to know more than me, Lexi. You're yeah, our resident Law and Order expert. <laughs> yeah, it's 20 seasons. You've got Jerry Orbach working with Chris Noth. Chris Noth leaves and you've got Jesse L. Martin joining. Then Jerry Orbach dies and you've got Dennis Farina jumping in and holding court. Then I don't really know what happens after that. <laughs> um, but what I love about Law and Order is the concept is... Um, it's the law and then the order. Every episode is split in half. It's about the investigation. Most mm-hmm. police procedurals would end at that point, but no, there's another 20 minutes. And then the next 20 minutes is is then getting them in court. Um, and then usually yeah. it kind of ends just before the ending. They're like, mm. well, uh, maybe we probably won't get them. Um, but uh, uh, Well, we got them, but they'll definitely get out of it in appeals. And then it's over and you're like, okay. <laughs> um, but what I love about Law and Order is it, it's so all-encompassing of a concept mm. that when you most spin-offs are about it's this but different, this but different. It's the only series where the spin-offs get like more specific. Mm. It's yeah. like SVU, there's there's sexual violence in the first one, but yes. they're just like also SVU is a strange series for like Thursday night. Casual it's so viewing. good. It's an upsetting topic. Is that the one that I've been rewatching like from season one, and it's amazing to go back and go like just see them like tackle like societal issues <laughs> that are not longer like <laughs> no longer you would never think about anymore. Like there's an episode where Christopher Muller is like. Okay, how can a guy get raped? Okay, the guys are horny twenty four seven. Okay, he's gonna want to get laid. Oh, I'm so glad they're like tackling those issues. Yeah, there's one I like. I haven't watched them religiously but i've watched tidbits and mm. bits and pieces there's one that it's just like oh it's a woman the woman is the 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 criminal and it yeah. ends up being a man in a dress and they're like who would have oh who could imagine right, <laughs> like, it's a man who likes watch, to wear you, you gotta watch ice t's eyes swivel around his head when he comes to that conclusion <laughs> <laughs> there's then i think a law and order uh la there was a law and order mm. england yes um, my favourite one, though, my favourite thing is Law and Order Criminal Intent, which I think everyone has. It's mm. it's Law and Order, but in a different city. It's Law and Order, but, but with a specific crime. Yeah. But, like, I believe the concept with Law and Order is it's Law and Order, but so your favourite character actors are finally getting the leading role. <laughs> When that used to air on Channel 10, they had this huge marketing scheme around um, Detective Robert Gorin <laughs> leaning, played by um, Vincent D'Onofre. He would lean a lot. And when I worked at Channel 10, I found a room that had like all these trophies in it. Amazing. There was, I was going through the trophies, seeing what they're for, and one of them was for those promos. I was like, oh my God, I found my little piece of heaven. It's right here in this room. So That's they won great. an award for the D'Onofrio leaning uh, yeah. I oh mean, my it's God. effective. Like 20 years have passed and I still think about Goran's fucking lean. I do. Yeah. I do as well. Like, And that's, as far as I can tell, that is the hook. Mm. It literally is like Law and Order but with Vincent D'Onofrio. And then he yeah. left and they replaced him with... Uh, Chris Noth from the original yeah. series Chris of Noth. Law and Order. And did Jeff Goldblum play it for a time or am oh, I completely yeah. imagining I that? What? I think he no, did. No, did he? Yeah, that yeah. for a time it was just like... You know, you loved him in that bit part on the big Hollywood film. Now see them <laughs> breaking know, down criminals. You know how there's, um, we've talked about this previously as well, fuck, I don't, we're running out of things to say, but you know how we were saying how 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know how we were saying? Alexi and Zach just decided to completely phase me out and make faces at each other on Zoom. <laughs> you know how, you know Patrick Wilson from mm-hmm. Hard Candy. We watched The Hollow yep. Point. Don't watch it. It's shit. You don't need to watch you the don't need to watch I'm the sure you've point. seen Hollow Point. Guys, if you guys point. make me watch The Hollow Point as well, God. <laughs> no, I don't, don't know what's going to go don't on. Watch I love the that you, you're the first person with... Ep- no, you mentioned, the th- you mentioned the thing and then and then I'll continue to apologise. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so Patrick Wilson plays the lead in The Hollow Point, but Zach mm. and I were both, both agreed that we can't watch Patrick Wilson without seeing the pedo from Hard Candy. Yes. Right? Vincent D'Onofrio, I can't watch him without seeing Full Metal Jacket. I was wondering. Wow. So he's in Miami Vice, fun fact, with the episode yeah. with Johnny Legs. 100% you should watch this episode because yeah, it's like, got both of them I'm in it. Um, I can't watch Vincent D'Onofrio at any point without seeing him in Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Do you know? I, I, I always think he's got a, a giant cockroach living under his skin from Men in Black. Yeah. No, I was going to yeah. say it's always Men in Black or, or Full Metal Jacket. Those are the two mm. things people get can't get past. Mm. Me, yeah. I can't get past him. His uh, beautiful role as the father in Thumbsucker. Um, mm. <laughs> yeah, just the more gentle side to Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. And now I see him playing kooks and weirdos. I'm like, that's not the gentle father yes. figure. Show me the gentle side of a fella. <laughs> There's another um, Johnny Lex movie I want to bring up that I watched recently. I know you guys have done a podcast on. Oh, great. And I didn't know he was in the movie, but um, regarding Henry. <gasps> yes. Have you seen my it? My lords. Did you watch I've it? I've seen it recently. Oh, yeah, my God. I've never, I've never seen it before. And I remember used to see it like on the shelves. When I used to work at a video store. I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, I always go, this is the worst title ever. Regarding Henry, who the fuck's Henry? I'm like, I want to to. I don't want to regard that cunt. I don't want to do it. Always. Like, what is this? Who's in fucking regards to Henry? Who gives a shit? Who the fuck's Henry? I don't know, Henry. And I used to, like, see it. And then eventually I'd just be, like, looking and go, let's get regarded in here. Let's get regarded in here. That's, like, obsessed with that movie. I recently watched it. I find out it's... Henry gets shot in the head by John Leguizamo like four minutes in. And I'm like, oh, they talk, he's now like brain damaged. So everything's in regards to Henry. They're often whispering around, like going, Henry, how's he going? Yeah, the movie title really does reflect the happenings of the film because four minutes into the movie, all we do is regard what that guy's up to. Exactly. Yeah. That's Legs was the catalyst. He, he set it off. I can't believe you've watched that movie recently. I would be willing to bet, would you say you did it this year? Yeah, like within the last two months. Okay, I reckon. I got regarded in here, dude. How I many people? Regarded watching how I many people do you think genuinely in the whole world have watched mm. Regarding Henry this year, 2021? Oh, that's I a great say, question. Yeah. If I had to estimate, I would say at least 16,000. Oh my God, I would have said something like 2,000. I, I was Maybe gonna... I meant 1,600. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, I think it's in the hundreds, yeah. personally. I would, I would say between one and 2,000. But you've got to realise yeah. there would be enough people that were like, you know how th- there's that window. For me, it's early 2000s mm. where it yes. doesn't matter. Like, I still, 
because that was when I first discovered a love of film, and there's certain mm. three star movies that I keep coming oh. back to. Oh, 100%. Good Lord. So there I were... love a three star picture. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, You're Alexi, write it down Whispers in the Dark. You want to oh, watch that? I'm chucking it down. I'm ju- great <laughs> on the title alone. Whispers the in the alone, Dark. It was our episode number five. We did it with Redown. Mm-hmm. Mate. <laughs> Oh, my God, watch Whispers in the Dark because I reckon I'll be getting a sweet bloody DM from you saying thank uh, you so much for that. The old, beautiful. The old days of the horny thriller. Uh, oh, anyone oh, that that's, thought to put those two concepts together? A horny 90s thriller is, oh. the, is everything that makes me happy. My Lord, yeah. I'm with you. Oh, I'm absolutely yeah. with you. Um, I love that you're the first person we've ever had on that has we get one of two answers. The mm-hmm. first answer is I didn't know who it was. <laughs> I googled it and I went, "Oh, that guy." Mm. And that's a very common answer in Australia, um and that, you know, in our mind this is a celebration of an actor that should be absolutely should be more well known than the oh, mm-hmm. that guy. Mm-hmm. Um I agree. And in hindsight we've said would have been a better podcast to just each week you know, this week it's about Johnny Legs. This week it's about Beth Grant. This week it's about oh, Vincent D'Onofrio, you know? I actually bow down at the altar of Beth Grant. Oh, we so do we. We love is. Beth Grant. Oh, my Lord. Cameron and I on Total Reboot just did an episode on Donnie Darko and we talked about Beth Amazing. Grant for 14 minutes. Do you know, because I, I, like, I think two weeks beforehand, we were talking about uh, Beth Grant in uh, Too Wong Fu. Fu, and we oh, had this fantastic. huge Beth yeah. Grant side thing. And then a friend yeah. of mine that listens to your podcast uh, on the reg, I listen as well, but not on the reg. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he messaged me, and he <laughs> and he goes, and he goes, um, you wouldn't believe this. Separate in your own like quagmires, in your own like mm-hmm. explorations. Different cities. Different cities, different worlds, but the same love of three star movies and character yeah. actors. You have both on separate podcasts landed on how great Beth Grant is. Oh my mm. God. Um, Shoot one up to heaven for Beth Grant. She's not there yet, but I I love her that much. Yeah, she's kicking on. I was watching Speed the other day. I forgot oh. she was in. I forgot she was in Speed. She's and then randomly she's in Doctor Doolittle too. She just crosses the road and asks Eddie Murphy, "Are you all right?" It's just Beth Grant. Wow, what a legend! It's, she's great. What a legend! Nice. Speed as well. Shit. I think mm. Speed after Donnie Darko is her best. I gotta get off this bus. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon they got to put a Beth Grant out there for young, like, character actors. Put a Beth, <laughs> Beth Grant out Grant there for Grant. let them live. A yeah, Beth exactly. Grant Grant! The Beth Grant That's Grant. what we need. Well, I've been pitching to Mish because we, we uh, not long ago, um, we're coming up to Sydney to do uh, this uh, John Leguizamo one-off mm-hmm. screening at the, at the Ritz in Randwick. But in Melbourne, we did it as a three-week a little a John Leguizamorama yeah. mini film festival. I love it. And we want to bring, uh, we want, what we want to start doing is like, uh, you know, we've talked about the Michael Shenanza festival. Kathy Bates a thon. The Kathy Bates a thon. <gasps> wow. And I'm pushing really hard for a, uh, I, can't, I don't know if I thought up a pun for it, but a Beth Grant one where you what do about speed. Beth Grant designs? <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha 
Yes, 100%. All right, yep, Background designs. <laughs> um, and we should do we should do like a sister film festival. You should do it up in Sydney at the Ritz, <laughs> and we'll do it at Lido. <laughs> and we just chime in with each other, guys. So we've got a live screening happening simultaneously. We've got a simulcast happening down in Melbourne. Let's cross over. Well, yours, we cross and, yours, over. and yours is all professionally set up, and you cross over to Zach and I. We're playing with wires, and the webcam's not working. <laughs> we're both having fucking mild breakdowns. <laughs> we're just like completely fucked because we're just we've just done our fifteenth lockdown. Like, oh hey, Lexi! I don't know if I'm meant to be wearing a mask. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, I just I'm so sorry. I was just reading up. Pa- guess what? Guess what? We're allowed to eat with two friends on a Tuesday. <laughs> On the footpath, but only for 15 seconds. It's a good day for us, Alexi. <laughs> um, um, we songs sh- all for a simulcast. <laughs> Film festival. Oh, that's a tough designs. sell, but worth it. Um, oh. We really should talk about the, the Morton Jankel cut, cut yeah. of Super Mario Brothers. Um, Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We usually start with a blurb now. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happened was in, uh, I had a very similar morning to yeah. to Alexi. I uh, went to watch it last night. It was about midnight. And I thought, you know mm. what? Mm. I've got a two-hour window. Um, yeah. I'm writing some content with Auntie Donna in the morning. Wow. And then I've got a two-hour window. I'll watch that. I'd watched a little bit. The internet was a little choppy. I was like, mm-hmm. I'll just watch it at the office where the internet is better. Mm. And then, um, yeah, had a very similar morning. So my blurb has not been written. Yeah. Usually wow. now we do a little blurb, but I can riff it. Riff it. Let's riff. But I'm going to try and riff it with the tone of reading something I've written. Great. Okay. <laughs> the Morton Jenkel cut is a new fan cut, courtesy of the Super Mario <laughs> Brothers archive. The Super Mario Brothers Movie Archive is a fan-based website dedicated to all things Super Mario Brothers. When a VHS emerged at the house of producer Morton Jenkel featuring 20 minutes of previously unseen Super Mario Brothers footage, they got to work, hiring a filmmaker to convert and edit that VHS and reincorporate it into the footage of the original film. They took a film that didn't work, was messy, and added 20 minutes to it. (laughs) The Morton Jenkel cut is everything you love about Super Mario Brothers movie, everything you hate, and 20 more minutes. Um, And I'll just slip in here and say, if you want a blurb about what the movie is about, go back to episode one where we reviewed the actual film. So we have talked, yes, about Mm. Super Mario Mm -hmm. Brothers, but we thought the fact that we were doing the screening, the fact that there is this new cutout, it was all too serendipitous. Absolutely. Um, uh, Alexi uh, 
uh, commented, uh, I, I made a passing uh, um, full frontal reference in an Instagram <laughs> story, Alexi message. I said, well, heck, this is a guy that's going to know, <laughs> who's going to get behind a, uh, an obscure fan edit. <laughs> mm-hmm. I absolutely love this kind of shit where they do a recut of a movie uh, and it gives it new life where they're like, yeah. we're being more faithful. I love the new Sergio Leone cut of uh, Once Upon a Time in America that adds another full hour to this already like Jesus three hour long Christ. epic. I love Francis Ford Coppola coming in, retinkering with Godfather Part 3. The mm. new Cotton Club Encore cut edition that he also did. Yeah. His new cut of Apocalypse Now that he did just last year. I love it when they get an Italo movie like the Mario Brothers <laughs> and all the other ones I just mentioned mm. and then chuck in some new shit at it. And I was absolutely hyped to watch this movie. <laughs> uh, everything was oh, building up you. and brewing up for me to really just sink in and just enjoy the Brothers Mario once again like I'd never seen it before. Oh, through the lens of Morton Jenkel. When I was like eight years old. I hadn't seen this since hmm. I was eight. It is a it great shame. And, and, and I've got to say, as someone who really only watches, like we, we don't stray too far from the tech giants anymore. Like I'm either mm. on the social sites or something owned by Google. I'm not used to a website yes. that doesn't have the server capabilities yeah. like yes. i just didn't expect that to be an issue because i don't think it has been in my life for 15 100 percent. what's really unfortunate is that this movie i can't remember if i've already said this in this recording or if i said it in the first <laughs> one um <laughs> this movie is one of those it's so bad it's good films mm. and because like the cast is so great and the yeah. script is so fucked mm-hmm. um it's really enjoyable when you watch it to time uh, but when you have to stop and start it, it gives you time to think about how shit it yeah. is. Um, I thought I'd do everyone a favour and write down all the things that were added in. Won't take me very long. My lords. Are we talk. Are, like, I just need to ask, are you talking about, because there were times where they added a shot. No, no. So you're not talking no, about. Like, no, no, you'll, you'll, like I kind of, um, I <laughs> explain what kind of edits are in there. Although mm-hmm. I will just say there is like a tight, like a tight close-up on sexy Luigi right at the start where I'm like, I feel this, Mm. I feel this, I see what you're going for. It's Mm. a shame you cut it. Oh, yeah, no, there were a couple of, like, yeah, there's a lot with the couple, Daisy and sexy Mm. Luigi, um, that was quite hot that they chose to cut. (laughs) Um, All right, so these are the things that were cut. There was a fight with the Scapellis at the start over who was going to do the plumbing for a kitchen. Um, some of the worst extras acting in history when they first enter Cooper's world. Mm-hmm. Awful. Like, literally, shots of extras just, like, like looking at a sandwich and just not, like, blank. Fucked. John Leguizamo interrupting Bob Hoskins twice accidentally. Uh, there mm-hmm. was a man who sneezed and then turned into goopy snot. Uh, yep. A lot more weird mud chat in the mud bath scene. Oh, no, Lots of fucking weird scene. mud chat. Mm-hmm. Um, her walking into the mud bath took like three minutes. It was fucked. Um, all the potential princesses talking to the Goombas and smoking cigarettes. Uh, gross lizard rapey attempts at kissing Daisy. A whole yep. bunch of chit chat between Cooper's cousins, including a really embarrassing rap at the nightclub. Oh, mm-hmm. Cooper versus Mario fight that if it hadn't have been cut, it would have gone for three hours. Um, and Mario and his <laughs> girlfriend eating some pasta sauce. <laughs> yeah. 
I wish they extended that pasta sauce sequence a little bit longer. Yeah, That's, I know. That and was, was good And cinema. it was right at the end, so we had to wait like seven fucking hours before we got to see them share a little <laughs> bit of Napoli. It was really annoying. <laughs> amazing, amazing edit. Like, what a mm. phenomenal amount of effort. The thing I think I love more than anything about fan edits, because it came up a lot um, around, because we're in that world now with director's mm. cuts, with the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. Like, yeah. we, we live in this world now where people think mm. that the only reason the film didn't work is post-production. Like, like there's calls for a sniper, for an Aya cut now of um, of uh, the, the Suicide Squad film, the first Suicide mm. Squad. And it's just like, that's clearly the fact that he only had two weeks to write that script. Yeah. There's no yeah. edit that will save... Cara Delavan wiggling around being your wor- your big villain. And I think this is a great example of, like, mm. um, 20 more minutes is not what this film needed. It, mm. it, yes. it uh, needed to not be Exist. Super <laughs> Mario Brothers as authentic Italian gangster types <laughs> fighting dinosaur people. <laughs> yeah, when that- I mean, it's, it's an absolute blast to go- come back and revisit this because uh, it's just, like, this is probably one of the first video game movies, right? Like I think they, it was the, the first. The first? Yeah. And I think, like, you look now, Detective Pikachu, I think, is almost a masterpiece, in my opinion. I <laughs> yeah. love Detective Pikachu. I think the only way to improve Detective Pikachu is to have Bob Hoskins himself play Detective Pikachu. Yeah. So they got something right here. Casting, I think the casting for this is pretty spot on. How good is Dennis theory. Hopper? Like... Dennis, what a oh like what a petrifying human he being. He is uh, like yeah, I have absolutely. When I think about he he is like uh, is there is there a better villain? Is there a better mm. like maybe and and I know this is the obvious thing, but maybe uh, Hans Gruber Snape. Um, yeah. Oh, um. Uh, Mental. Alan Rickman. Alan, Alan Rickman. Rickman. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Alan Rickman, and he's the obvious choice, but he is up there. Mm. Um, he's also he could have done this because he's a little bit more lizardy, slizardy than um, <laughs> yeah. Dennis Hopper. I would say Dennis Hopper is very like cold, very like gangsterish, kind of statuesque, a little smooth. Yeah. Whereas I think Alan Rickman, he could have done this as a more like embodying the world of the lizards. You're absolutely right that Alan Rickman makes more sense because I think when you want, when you got Hopper's the kind of guy that you like, he's got that edge. Like, you don't know Mm. what's going to happen with Dennis Hopper. Yes, unpredictable. I I got another one as well. the director in one scene, you don't know. (laughs) Uh, Quintessential villain, Tim Curry. Mm. Oh, Tim Curry. He's my favourite villain. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know Richard Roxburgh, fun little fact, Richard mm-hmm. Roxburgh, the reason he came back to Australia and started doing, like, Australian theatre again was because he was, like, I, he was like, I could make more playing villains in Hollywood, but he said it was Alan Rickman's fault. Alan Rickman made wow. his villains so, so like, engaging mm. and complex mm. and um, interesting that the agents for the for the actors playing the leads, like, would push for the villains to be underwritten so that <gasps> so that the, the heroes Characters would... Characters could embody them. Yeah, because the, you walk out of, like, Robin Hood mm. and, you, and Alan Rickman is who you remember. You walk out of so many of his movies, he's the star. And they, so they were purposefully underwriting the villains through the 2000s mm. 
because of uh, jealous leading men and Alan Rickman. Oh, my Lord. And he was like, I needed more meat on the bones, so I came Whoa. back to Sydney Theatre Company to do... Jesus, oh, get out of town. Fun fact, also I served oh him once in me, class and he was very polite. Oh, it's lovely. Oh, Richie to me, baby. the best kind of villains are the ones that you want to win. You know what I mean? Like I, mm. when Tim Curry is a villain, I want him to kill all those kids when he's a clown. I want him to, you yeah. know, I want him to, to have sex with everybody and not have his planet destroyed in Rocky Horror. You know mm. what I mean? Mm. Um, I've got, but I did I did think of a very good link to go back to Super Mario Brothers now talking about Tim Curry. Can I do mm. it? Mm-hmm. Tim Curry is in one of my favourite movies, which is Muppets Treasure Island. Okay. Right? Oh, yeah. and he's brilliant in it. Brilliant. Brilliant. Villain as brilliant, well. Absolutely. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, and <laughs> another Muppets film is uh, Muppets Christmas Carol, also excellent. Mm-hmm. One of my least favourite cuts in a movie oh. is a song in Muppet's Christmas Carol called The Love Is Gone that Belle Mm. sings to Scrooge. For some reason, it was on my VHS copy growing up, but now when you watch it on DV, they've removed the song. It is Mm -hmm. tragic, but now that it's back on Disney+, Plus, they put the song back in, bitch, and I cry like (gasps) a baby every every time I hear that song and I watch it and... Fucking Michael Caine is standing <gasps> behind Belle and he starts to mm. cry, weep. It, that is yeah. one of the most beautiful scenes mm-hmm. in movie history. I love and I don't God. say that in jest. I mean mm-hmm. that from the bottom I, of everything I believe that's in you. me. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I think that is a masterpiece. You know movie. what I'm talking about? I know exactly. Yeah. I, you sent me on a freaking journey just mm. then. You just made my day brighter <laughs> by sending me on that journey. My God. Yeah. I'm also a huge fan of getting a conversation, like like the aim of getting a conversation back mm. on track, like getting close, 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 and about like maybe mm. like a metre and a half from back on track, just going on this step, <laughs> <laughs> like taking it further than it ever was. We can go back to talking about Super Mario Brothers, but I did. Oh, I love this. Well, I prefer this over the Morton Jenkel cut. <laughs> It took us seven hours to watch because we tried to oh fit torrent it. Oh, my God. Allow me to say something about this movie. Then. Yeah, please. Get, I'll, get, I'll get us on track. <laughs> I would agree. Michael Caine's performance in that film, Muppets Christmas Carol, where he mm. truly, like, treats the Muppets with respect oh. and embodies them, like, with the reality. Like, he plays off Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Like Tim Curry people. does the same thing in Treasure Island. And I would argue that... Bob Hoskins mm-hmm. is the all-time master of this exact thing. You look at Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yes. To me, this is no... I've said this before. I put it on the record again on your beautiful podcast. Thank you. That performance is the single most impressive and greatest performance in the history of cinema. That is... He can, he brings so much reality to this and so much genre and pulpiness to that role. Oh, it's I so good. I think that he is, to me, the greatest screen actor of all time. And he is honestly absolutely sublime as Mario. He's sublime. <laughs> he is. He's per- perfection. Absolutely. Perfection. I- How good is Christopher Lloyd in um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? When he's like, when I killed your brother? So good. Fantastic. Wow, that's a good it. film. That film is incredible. Kathleen Turner's in that film. My lord. Oh. I I I I agree with you. He's so good. He's so good because he's just so he absolutely I my love, I think I've talked about this 
so many times on every podcast. My favourite thing is great actors um, not stressing. So, like, mm. I like I love my one of my favourite films. I've only seen it the once. But one of my favourite thing, like moments in film is um, the third Hunger Games where there's oh. just scenes between Julianne Moore and Philip mm. Seymour Hoffman. My God. Like, They're just chilling. Just <laughs> the two greatest actors. And you, if you want to watch them mm. acting, go to Magnolia and you'll see yes. some of the greatest acting of your entire lives. Mm. You see them starting at 10 and then invent new numbers by the end of the scenes in that film. Her, her scene in the drugstore... Where she's oh like, you God. don't know me, is one of the greatest pieces of acting I've ever seen. Philip Seymour Hoffman is so wonderful. To God. see them just doing exposition at each other mm. that they learned in the trailer. Yeah. And then simultaneously, I've talked about this before, but simultaneously. Well, it's because that- John does it a lot. John does John it a has lot. A, and Beth, like, mm. Beth Grant would do it a lot. A lot of like, <laughs> yeah. you're two days on set for this film kind of movies, yeah. you know? Yeah, and the idea, Absolutely. and the idea as well of like, Learning, like, I read an interview once with, um, uh, what's her name? Helena Bonham Carter. When mm. she was on the set to Harry Potter, she was in her trailer learning lines for the King's Speech. Yeah. <laughs> Which wow. I just thought was just, like, this wonderful notion that she was using that time mm. to prep for the next film. And that's the, that, ever since I heard that, I have mm. that image of, like, Philip Seymour Hoffman is doing the research for his next film yeah. while he's just coming in and being like, you know, we have to build another Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> and Julianne Moore being oh. like, no, there's no more time for a Hunger Games. And then she goes back and it's like... <laughs> oh, my God. And, and there's so much of that here. You're seeing, like, Bob Hoskins, Johnny Legs, just seeing them interact with each other. Like, oh, it, it's so weird because it doesn't make sense. You don't go in your world. Like, I think John Legazamo is, in theory and in execution, perfectly cast as Luigi. Mm. I think Bob Hoskins perfectly cast as Mario. But in my fucking mind, I don't go, oh, Bob Hoskins, John Legazamo, get them to play brothers. Yeah. And so seeing them, like, build out that relationship. Yeah. I also think... I think that's the secret alchemy of this movie. Like, why it endures as this cult classic... Even though it is a tremendous gooey fucking diuretic. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. I have a theory as well, kind of on that. Yeah. Um, so John Leguizamo has come out previously and said that Super Mario Brothers, like he basically thought that this was going to be a big film. He turned yeah. down the role of um, Antonio Banderas's character in uh, Philadelphia to play <gasps> Luigi. Right? Oh my God. Yeah, he got he the role, turned it down. I know. That's how much he thought that this <laughs> film was going to make it. Mario Brothers. Isn't, that, yeah. num, 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 Isn't num. that delicious? He now jokes about it, but you see the pain. But <laughs> like, what I love about that You as can well see the pain like in his interviews. Stories like that so often like are framed, and the first thing you say is like, well, you know, like all the all the um, publishers that said no to Harry mm. Potter. And it's like, well, mm. maybe they wouldn't have put the right cover on it. Maybe they wouldn't have backed it. Maybe them mm. saying no is why it was a success and, also, and not a missed opportunity. Mm. But Philadelphia, mm. that movie is carried by the two leads. It would have been just as great with Johnny Legs Legs, in it. Yeah. He's literally just like, I just would have been in that movie and it would have been really good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 100%. Um, I do, however, get the feeling that Bob Hoskins had that kind of like, 
I don't reckon maybe not. Like, I don't think he took it the same way that Johnny Legs was taking it as this is going to be the builder of my career because Bob Hoskins had a very successful career at that point. And it's like if Super Mario Brothers fails, he's going to be fine. He's already just, he just did Mermaids with Cher and that movie was a hit. I will also Mm. say, yes, Super Mario Brothers was a massive failure, but it's a cult classic now. People love it. People are constantly going back to it and refer, it's like it's in that same pocket of movies like The Room. And like, mm. uh, what's another example of a uh, Gremlins Two or whatever it's called? I'm, Trolls I'm, I'm Two. I'm doing. I present this once a month, and I go, yeah. Um, yeah, the room, Birdemic, mm. Trolls Two. Yeah. Uh, mm. People think cats will fall into that, but I don't necessarily think it will for various reasons. But you had a quote. I, I'll get to. Yeah. To, why we think this I've, is a great one. but uh, I've got a quote from um, Bob Hoskins oh, when he oh, talked about amazing. the production of this movie. He, yeah. And I'll try and do it in a bit of a Cockney accent. Oh, I love Please. It. So I think he kind of felt that he was forced into it because he was doing like Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Hook. So he was like, okay, I don't want to get stuck doing children's movies. But yeah. then there was just like enough of pushing of him to get into it. And this is what he says. It was a fucking nightmare. The whole experience was a nightmare. It had a husband and wife team directing whose arrogance had been mistaken for talent. After so many weeks, their own agent told them to get off the set. Fucking nightmare. Fucking idiots. And then he also said <laughs> apparently that he had, he used to call the director the cunt and the cow. The directing oh, Jesus Christ. Apparently, I've read quotes, I can't remember, but, Leguizamo talked about apparently mm. he was just vicious on the set and they would just sit there being like, this is a fucking pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine? Like, oh. being on a shoot like that and just knowing it's going to be a burning pile of shit and just being oh, like, God. having to act still? Like, imagine yeah. acting in that circumstance. Oh, my God. And also, like, imagine, like, you're already your bad director and probably you're getting awoken to this that you're like, oh, I'm not... This, I've bitten off a little bit more than I can chew with this cyberpunk rendition of a video game that is somehow for children but also has, like, the most disgusting imagery you'll ever see in a movie. I might have bitten off more than I can chew. And then an iconic actor, best known for playing some of the most vile gangsters in the world, one of the most charismatic men to ever walk the earth, just starts going, you're a fucking loser. You're a fucking rotten director. You're rotten. You're never going to work in this town again. And then, guess what? You never do work in this town again. <laughs> I am um, one of my favourites. You know the film Mystery Men? I'm sure you Oh, of course. Yes. Ben Stiller's in that. Um, I've actually got a Blu-ray copy of Mystery Men that I'm trying to offload. So if any listeners <laughs> of this podcast want it... DM me and I'll send it to you. I don't. I'll never watch it again. I'm trying to get fucking rid of it. It's been sitting in a plastic it's bag. It's got Janine Garofalo in it as well, isn't it? Yeah, oh, it's all yeah. my favorite actors. It's one of those ones. That's a, an amazing cast where where mm-hmm. you go Johnny Legs, Bob Hoskins, brothers. Yeah. I don't see it, and then you go, oh mm. no, that does work. Whereas Mystery Men, you're like that list of actors is so yeah. good. But then they just don't, like, there's None not a... clicks. Mm. Apparently the director, this is what I was going to say, the director had, it was a, his first film and he had mm. done music videos up until that point. Mm. Um, and he just, while making it, was just like, nah, I don't want to make feature films. <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> has never done one since. And it's, yeah. I've read it, this quote from him or this interview with him where it wasn't like... You know, like, you'll never work in this town again or the mm. cunt and the cow or it was literally he was just like, 
hey, this is what making a feature film is. Not for mm. me. I'm gonna, and then he's got a very successful career in commercials and yeah. music Amazing. videos. And I love that story. I love the idea love of someone dipping their toes in something that big and just being like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> not for me, not for me. Nah. Don't want it. <laughs> Rather than just trying for another 20 years. Yeah. What? But do you guys think that this cut like added any worth to the film? Because it's been a minute since I've seen the original version. Maybe. And to me, I think like. An extra 20 minutes is absolutely not like what the doctor ordered to fix this film. <laughs> no, no, it did not fix the film at all. At all. I was um, literally thinking a director's cut. The, the better cut would be like a 40-minute version. If you wanted to make yeah. it good, you strip away. 100%. Um, no, I don't think it added anything to the film. Uh, a couple of hot shots of Johnny Legs and a nice little wrap-up mm-hmm. with some pasta sauce at the end. But other than that, there was, like, if anything... Extending the mud bath scene mm. has has drained a couple of years off my life. The mud bath scene, uh, oh but boy, the oh best line in the mud bath scene is still, um, I love mud, it's both clean and dirty. At the same mm. time. At the yeah. same time, because it's the perfect pinnacle of this film of moments that sound smart but aren't yeah. um, or yeah. make no sense. And it's just like that's still the best part. It just Mm. takes longer to get there. I have to say, though, I'm glad this film exists purely for the rap. The rap is one of the most... It's one of the strangest cinematic experiences of my Mm. life. And there's an interview with the editor where he was like, I don't think they cut the rap because it's not good. And he's like, and make no mistake, it's not good. (laughs) He's like, mate, it's not good. But there's plenty of other stuff in this film that doesn't make tonal sense. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. like, I think they cut it because there's, like, strippers in the background and Disney mm. were like, you've got to cut the strippers, which they did. Yeah. Um, and it's this amazing thing because it's a rap scene, which when I was reading, I read the interview before I watched it, I was like, mm. oh, this makes sense. The two characters get up and do a rap. But they these st- are the Cooper cousins, the uh, Fisher Stevens and Richard Edson, who play the like I guess the henchmen of this movie. Yeah, they're the this, but they they start the rap in a conversation, it's and like then verse. they mm. yeah, it's it literally it feels like Shakespeare, and then it evolves into a performance. And, yeah, and then they surreal. stand on it, then all of a sudden, like they from the chat, they start to rap, and then they get up on a table, and then they're performing, and people are mm. dancing to the, what they're saying about the Mario Brothers. It is the most yeah. bizarre, out of place insanity. Like, someone wrote that. Do you know yeah, what I they mean? Did, like, I read. They did. Did you read this as well, Alexa? No, they, they, they wrote, wrote it. They wrote it on set. They were like, hey, we've got an idea no. for a rap, apparently. What the? <laughs> and they're like, all right, let's shoot it. Can you imagine I'm Bob Gob Hoskins? Can you imagine Bob Hoskins <laughs> watching that get done? <laughs> He was My not there. Yeah. If he's no not way. in shot, he's not on set. Like I reckon Bob Hoskins is in his trailer having sex fully clothed. Just anything <laughs> out to fly. I reckon that's exactly what he's doing. He's like, I absolutely can't do this. I absolutely need to get my rocks off right now. Like, honestly, I actually you just brought something to my mind because this would be very early on, like 1993. This might be the first example of a music musical moment, like musical with like the genre moment involving rap music. 
And mm. in musicals, there's like this genre theory and like genre trope uh, called Merm, which is musically enhanced reality mode, which is this thing that I'm obsessed with. I talk about a lot, um, which is the moments in musicals where actors um, transform the tone of the film by starting out speaking in dialogue, like in character, and then ascending into song. So it'll be like, you know, someone's just having a conversation. They're like, you know what? I actually don't know about that thing at all. So La La Land. You know what? I don't know anything at all, really. And um, maybe I've never known a single thing <laughs> in my entire life. And it's something that I find. I'm, I love that. I that love was, that. So well that was beautiful. It was like... Excuse me, has Jason Robert Brown just come into the Zoom meeting? <laughs> it's like, it's. I was just trying to think of examples in my head, like La La Land with the audition mm. when Emma Stone starts doing exactly. it. She's like, and then I fell in a river. Like, like okay, yes. and, off, and off she goes. Um, I'm also exactly. really, they, they, they're very good at it in the Disney movies of the early mm. 90s. Like Absolutely, um, that Renaissance period. That Renaissance period, they were very, very good at Like, particularly... Um, like under the sea, there's a like. There's mm. always these moments where they're like, "Well, let me tell you all about that," and then the music yeah. comes in, and you're like, "Oh, I'm feeling something." Like- <laughs> <laughs> I think like because no one had really done it with rap before. Mm. That you're seeing these two actors, Fisher Stevens and Adam, what's his name? I can never remember this other guy's name, his character actor, Richard Edson. Mm. When they're doing it, I think that this is like fully cinematic experimentation with genre because no one has gone from speaking to mm. rap in a mu- in a movie before in a musical enhanced reality mode sense. And so now I'm going to watch this scene again with fresh eyes because... It is kind of this amazing segue where they're just talking and then they start rhyming while they're talking. You're like, okay, what the frick is up with this? Then they're walking around the club going, and then you know what? And I know that. Something <laughs> like that. Doing some like bizarre rap. It's to this fucking club. weird. It's, it's they're like jumping on tables and stuff and pointing their fingers around. They're wearing their ugly little shades. <laughs> Being able Honestly, to... I don't think anyone had ever done it before. These guys broke the ground. Well, what I will say, though, the interview, the interview uh, that I read, he was like, um, he was like, I think the reason why they put it in was because Vanilla Ice does a rap performance in uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah. 2. So I reckon yeah. that came out in production. And they were like, oh well, we're going to do something. But there was still such in its infancy. Like- They're like, God, they got the biggest rapper in the world, Vanilla Ice. Who can we get? Oh, what about the guy from Short Circuit that's in this movie with us? Why don't we get him to do the rap? Him and the other guy can write it a minute before we start shooting. Oh. We just found out about it. Let him go ahead. Fuck, it's cool. It is. I will say to our listeners that it is worth trying to get through the six-hour copy Mm. in the archives just to just to watch that because it is by far one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen in film. Like it is honestly Mm. very strange. It's it's really fucking off the wall. This movie is off the wall, and that's what I was going to say. And all this does is add to what I already love about this film. Mm. Which is, to it all. I think, so bad it's good. I love the room, but that I love watching the room. But that's a collective experience. I it 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 drags a little an hour and a half in, you know. I think the best so bad they're goods, in my opinion, and not necessarily movies that are bad. 
it's good artists making bad choices. Mm. That's when it's great. It's people that can't... Those two directors are Beautiful. very competent. They make... The, yes. the sets are incredible. The camera work is great. The lighting mm-hmm. is good. Everyone in it is good. They're just making terrible fucking choices. Yeah. And that's when it's great, you know? That's when Absolutely. a movie's special. And it's also like everyone is wrong for the job. Like, <laughs> apart from... Leg, Johnny Legs and Bobby Hosk. I think everyone's wrong for the job. Mm. Like, this movie is produced by Roland Joffe, who directed The Mission, the oh. Robert De Niro fucking, like, searching for soul and searching for religion. Oh, delicious. Like, Jesuit kind of movie. And also The Killing Fields. Like, it's this 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 producer. He directed those movies. Four years later, he's like, you know what? Actually, I got an idea to make a picture of my a little producing role for me here. Like, no one's right for it. They get the guy that art directed Blade Runner. What the fuck? No. Just get a guy that draws pipes. Like, this is not that. This, no, you don't have to do all this shit. You don't have to set it in the cyberpunk world. You don't have to make fucking Mario cyberpunk. It's like they're like, oh, it's a video game, so we should like think about like what it's well, like to go inside a computer and stuff like that. Yeah, that's what Zach Zach mentioned the last time we did this. Is like it's it's like the writers of this went no, knew nothing about mm. Mario Brothers, had this idea of a dystopian reptile world, yeah. Oh, yeah, and yeah. was like, All right, but we don't know anything. But we've got to make it about the Super Mario Brothers. Let's play the game for a couple of hours yeah. and see. Oh, they're plumbers. Oh, we'll just make them plumbers then. Oh, sweet. Mm. So if they're plumbers, they've got to fix pipes throughout the The amount of issues they encounter. Oh, good lord. It's it's literally like um, the way you do it, I I don't want to talk to any... I've I've never made a movie. I'm not a director. But the way you do it is if you have your dream project, you Mm -hmm. do the commercial film so you get the, like, the the, um, capacity, the name... To then walk in the room and go, hey, I did the mm. Super Mario Brothers movie. Now yep. give me the money to make this dinosaur movie. Yeah. You don't you don't just put Super Mario in the movie idea mm. you had. It's literally like um <laughs> Taika Waititi doing Thor Ragnarok, but putting a funny imaginary Hitler in it. That's like <laughs> <laughs> What this film is like, oh, I always wanted to make my imaginary Hitler movie. This is my time. (laughs) It's completely nuts. And I think as well, watching it in this cut, it's really going to throw you off if you've never seen this before. Mm. Because I've only ever seen one example of another movie like this, which is the director's cut of the movie 54, starring Mike Myers as the owner of the club. Oh, I've seen that. I've seen 54. That's got, it's got Mark Wahlberg, is that right? Am I no, wrong? that's Boogie Nights. I'm thinking Boogie this Nights, okay. 54, you've got the Selma Hayek. Actor, Breck and Meyer, Ryan Philippe, Selma Hayek. Yeah, yes. okay, yes, yep. Uh, Nev Campbell. But if you ever want to see Mike Myers try to suck off uh, Breck and Meyer, I got the movie for you. <laughs> <laughs> but they did a director's cut of that film like a, a few years ago, maybe like five years ago. And it's the same deal where it's like from old dailies footage. Wow. And so there's parts of the movie we just see like the screen just change shape, change size, change quality, and like jump around a little bit like that. Mm. And seeing this film, it's the only other time I've seen like a director's cut, like assembled of really what looks like scraps. Really, it's scraps putting this together. It's, it's literally and one. I think that this is so unnecessary. They didn't need to do this. <laughs> no, they didn't. I'm glad these nerds had a good couple so- of years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
So all of that, all of that, taking all of that into consideration, mm-hmm. we have a system of Leguistamos, right? Yeah, okay. This isn't out of the, so just explain to Alexi, and I'm sure all our listeners know, but this isn't a rating the movie out of five. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're rating how Leguizamo-y the film was out of five oh, wow. Leguistamos. So for context, um, a film that has gotten five Leguistamos in the past is uh, Latin History for Morons, his one-man show. Yeah. You can't give that any less than five. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, like, on, on the same, by the same token, um, uh, there's a, seton, a sequence in... Uh, in Sesame Street from five years ago or 15 years ago where he plays Captain Vegetable and encourages mm. a, a Muppet to eat their vegetables, which also has five Leguistamos. Mm. One mm. is an, a, a, an award-winning, compelling, uh, mm-hmm. wonderful one-man show. The other is, is Captain Vegetable. Uh, but they both get the same score in this rating system because yeah. Leguistamo is front and centre. You know, mm-hmm. So that, that gives you an idea. Mm. Yeah. So oh, wow. Godfather Part Two, one of the uh, greatest movies of all time, according <laughs> to a lot of people, actually zero Leguistamos. <laughs> None. Um, so I'm, he's not even there. No, he's not there. <clears throat> not there. I want to say not we, even a freaking little freckle in his father's eye. You know, no, <laughs> no, absolutely um, not. So we did this. We already did Super Mario Brothers back in episode mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. and one of my great mm-hmm. life regrets is that I we weren't fully aware of the Leguistamo system. We didn't mm. And I believe I gave it four or four and a half Leguistamos. Okay. So the most, like, I'm so upset that I wasted six hours of my life mm. make, trying to watch this film. But it has allowed me the opportunity to restar Leguistar <gasps> this film. But Whoa. you have to bear in mind... You are rating the Morton Jenkel cut. Yeah, but I'm not rating the cut bits. I'm rating the whole movie with the cuts in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw down five Leguistamos. <gasps> wow. Because wow. in terms of Leguizamo-iness, yeah. mm. this film is just as leguizamo as the first, if not more so because there are quite a few close-ups. Like yes. we're talking tight. Tight. Like- Tight, like, sexy um, close-ups. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to throw it. own level. Like we're talking yeah. eyebrow to below the lip level close-ups mm-hmm. exactly. of him at his sexiest. Yes. You've so, got some reverse shots of him watching the TV. Presumably in the original <laughs> cut, it's just a shot of the TV. Cut to Johnny Legs watching the TV. Yeah, exactly. So I'm really thankful that, what's his name? Morton... So Morton Jenkel was the producer that they found the VHS in his house. I'm really thankful. Isn't Morton Jenkel the two surnames of the two directors? Is it of this movie? Is yeah, that yeah. what it is? Yeah. Then how? Who? There's no I one. I thought there was some Morton, guy named no Morton Jenkel. <laughs> no one's called Morton Jenkel in this world. There's someone called. Oh, like that's Sally amazing! Jenkel. Thank you for calling me out on that. <laughs> what? What? Who's? Why did they call it the Morton Jenkel cut then? Because I don't it's, think that's. Maybe it is. That's Maybe what they not. originally wanted. I think it was their old tape. So it's yeah. Rocky Morton and Annabelle Jenkel who are like, you know, music video directors for like talking Perfect. heads and shit. Well, I'm and, very um, thankful for them because, yes, their movie sucks ass, but it did allow me the opportunity to give Super Mario Brothers the Morton Jenkel cut yeah. five Leguistamos. So I'm just putting wow. it out there. Alexi, over to you. 
Well, you know, I have to say that while this movie was an absolute nightmare to um, watch, to live through, the this movie did exist as a pest for me all day. So, you know, mm-hmm. you can't get more like wasabi than that. Yeah. But it felt like I was being pestered all day. So <laughs> yeah. I would also say that Luigi Mario might be, tragically, and I say this with a heavy heart, John Leguizamo's most iconic role. Mm. Uh-huh. Like probably from Benny Blanco from the Bronx in Carlito's Way, maybe his most iconic role. Then freaking Luigi Mario from this. Then as himself in his one-man shows, <laughs> then T-Bolt. Probably that's like the ranking yeah. that I yeah, would go yeah. for. Like yeah. Iconic roles for best or, or worst, those are the ones. So I think I would have to go up to 4.5 Leguistamos <sighs> for this. Okay. Yeah. Am yeah. I allowed to do a 0.5? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I, I, we've even pushed it further than that from time to time. I gave... Okay, well then I might do a 4.4 instead. I'll yeah. take it down. <laughs> <laughs> we um we I gave a really high score. He was in a uh, a mini an ABC the American Broadcasting Network mini series of um, Arabian Nights made in the year two thousand. You think Polish. watching a six hour pausey cut oh Morton Jenkel cut of Super Mario Bros is bad? Try watching a VHS but record <laughs> someone recording themselves watching a VHS oh. of a four hour long. 2000 wow. It's amazing Nights. when people talk about like orientalism in, mm. in the 18th century. Um, there is video evidence that it didn't it didn't we didn't start moving away from that until after wow. at least the year 2000. It's My like God. just like Mish, the way you described it as well as like <laughs> just a fucking recorded tape. <laughs> I'm sent to heaven and back right now. The, the, they oh had my. ads. They had ads. The oh only version God. we had yeah. was just like you watching ads for it. sizzlers and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and they would just oh. be like, they would be like, um, you know, you cannot go in. You know, I, I will kill you now. And she's like, no. Please let me tell you one more story of this vaguely Asiatic wow. um, land that is that doesn't have a single Arabic person in it. Um, I can feel every hair on my head right now. <laughs> and then it would, hearing this shit. And then it would cut to the new Porsche has a CD player. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's heat radiating from underneath my fingernails. Just going like, <gasps> we've really I love built to the experience. For you. I love a retro ad. Um, so one of my biggest dreams is to make a movie one day that feels like that, with like little shitty ads in it. Oh, That's good. fantastic. That's very good. It's very, that that two thousands is is an mm. under underappreciated era of of time to be tapping Absolutely. into. Um, look, I got to go with the Morton Jenkel cut. Um, did it do? Yes, we had some beautiful tight close ups of Leguizamo. Mm-hmm. That rap. In a way, I think did add to its Leguizamo Yes. Even though he I wasn't in it. You know? Yes. Uh, it gave me Sweno vibes. It gave me um, uh, it gave me him trying to hit some notes in a in in, in Moulin Rouge. You know, it had that oh, fun kind of shit he would do. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's like He'd agree s- to do that for a certain amount of money. You know Johnny Lex like, yeah, all right. He would offer it up, I yeah. think. He would be like, hey, what if I do a fun little rap? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> You know, like, it gave me a bit of a Johnny Legs um, thing. That being said, uh, I'm still mad at this movie for, I think, um, uh, slowing down the career of my favourite actor. Um, You know, Mm. uh, what world would we live in if if Johnny Legs had done Philadelphia? What world would we live in 
if Johnny Legs played Zorro? What world would oh we live God. in if Johnny Legs uh, played the Puss in Boots? What wow. world would we live in if Johnny Legs oh um, took... It w- was, was, was the lead, the lead in Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. All mm. these things, I believe, started to fall apart because wow. of this movie. And I'm mad, and I continue to be mad about that. Um, so... Plus, it was the most fucked viewing experience of <laughs> entire life. I think I've lost Alexi as a contact. Uh, <laughs> you burned the bridge today, brother. And for that, the Morton Jenkel cut wow. gets a cold three stars from wow. me. Fuck you, I love Morton that- Jenkel cut. <laughs> I love that you suppose as well that 1993 was like a meteorite year where two different interdimensions were split <laughs> when this movie was made. And one side that we live in has tragically got the his career slowed down. He's not doing Puss in Boots. In fact, he's actually playing Sid in the Ice Age movies. The, the, the crusty old sloth. But if we were to merge dimensions, if the three of us were to dig a hole, I'm playing Samantha Mathis, you guys are the Mario Brothers, we're going down, we jump into a kind of like interdimensional tract, and then we go to the Dino Hatton, where they've got all these great movies with John Leguizamo in them. This is the world that I think, oh God, wouldn't that be the strangest pitch? Imagine getting a huge opportunity to pitch a film. (laughs) What you pitch is imagine a world where John Leguizamo said yes to Philadelphia over Super Mario Brothers. It starts just like the Super Mario Brothers movie starts. We're paying homage to that great piece of work too. But all of a sudden... Who's playing Luigi? Oh, it's Antonio Banderas. <laughs> this doesn't feel right. That's oh. so good. And then the movie isn't about the movie isn't about John Leguizamo. It's just a very normal person's life. Their life is completely not impacted by this change. Just occasionally they'll walk past the poster for a big movie, and John Leguizamo is got yeah. top billing. That's it. <laughs> That's the only difference in their life. Oh, man, amazing. Alexi, thank you so much for joining us. Um, If you ever want to come back, we give you carte blanche to choose. Mark our words right now, right here. What we put you through was hell. Wow. (laughs) Privileged hell, but hell. Um, And so because of that, we have a plethora of Johnny Legs films to go. Round about a hundred, I think. Oh my wow. god, kill me! You may choose. He's a prolific little motherfucker. Oh yeah. Isn't he? Excluding Justin Bieber's music video, which we've promised mm. to Tom Armstrong. Wow. <laughs> you have free reign. You have of everything. Wow. Free reign. So, wow. so you want to watch? You want to talk about Carlito's way? You can. You want to um, talk yeah. about uh, Dora, Chef? Dora the Explorer. Oh my god! It's all yours. Um, oh. Now I know you're going to want some time off. So anything we do between now and the next time you're, mm-hmm. if you are ever ready to come on this yeah. podcast, it's your choice. Wow. Um, well, save a little that. doggy bag of some Cubanos for me <laughs> because I would love to talk about the chef and Carlito's way with you guys one day. Oh, great. We will awesome. save love those that. two <laughs> numbers for you. But, hey, we understand if you never want to come back because 
That was <laughs> the worst experience <laughs> I've ever had. And let mm. me say, I watched the entirety of season one of MasterChef Australia with Mitch Witcher yeah. for another podcast. So that will give you a taste of how bad that stream was. Yeah. Wow. That bit torrent was. So just to rem- just if it makes you feel better, Alexi, when we when we finally close off this podcast and you close the Zoom and you go to see mm-hmm. your movie and you think I hate those two, just know that we went through it too. So that is, in a way, our punishment. I feel empathy with you guys. If anything, I feel extreme closeness to you. I would consider you both my family after this experience. I would call you up when I'm feeling blue and I need someone to cheer me up. You would be my first calls now. Thanks. They know what's got my depression working over time. In a year's time, when I'm feeling blue and the sky's turned grey and I've got my seasonal depressive disorder kicking in, I'll know what I'm thinking about and I'll know who else is looking at that same grey sky in the world. You, you, you'll, you'll, you'll be sitting in a, in a session with a psychologist and you'll look them in the eye and you'll say, you don't understand, it was already 20 minutes too long. It was already too long. And they're like, I just... It was directed by music video directors. They only know how to work in short form. The movie should have been a series of six or seven shorts, okay? That's what they should have done. There was nothing. Instead, they made it. There was nothing about Max Headroom that showed any promise for this particular project. And the stream was terrible. Listen to me. How can mud be clean and dirty? How is it possible? If you make two henchmen smarter... That doesn't just mean more verbose and using big words where a more efficient one would suffice. Smart people use the most efficient language. They don't just say big words five times. Hello. Hello, therapist lady. Have you ever heard of merm? Let me tell you all about it. Uh, Alexi, uh, how do um, people find you? No one listens to our podcast that doesn't listen to your more popular podcast, but if there is someone... Um, mm-hmm. what, what, do you have anything to promote at all? I would love to promote uh, Total Reboot with me and Cameron James where we talk about cinema. Mm. We love movies and we love to celebrate the art of film. Mm. And uh, we, at the moment, are doing a mini-series called Australian Psycho where we're looking at movies that Australia is obsessed with, the art of looking at and celebrating and condemning psychopaths in Amazing. Oh, that's good. Because that's way too heavy. Actually, I pray that we don't do it because it's maybe the my least favorite film I've ever seen in my life. Oh my god! Really? I actually would say watching that movie in the cinema was worse than the seven hours I spent trying to watch the Mario Brothers. That's your least favorite Cup. movie it's of very all time. Unpleasant. Oh, it's very unpleasant, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. call it my least favorite movie. My least favorite movie is A Walk to Remember. <laughs> We've talked about this, Mitch and I. I've, I've never seen A Walk to Remember, but one day I was coming home from work and I was getting sick. This was before coronavirus. This yeah, was, right. This was a different fever that I had. And the fever started like kicking in. I started going delirious. And somehow on the train, I started reading the Wikipedia plot synopsis for A Walk to Remember. And it was very detailed. Like the person put a lot of effort into writing it. And I started crying. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> I've never seen a movie, but it's got a very special place in my heart. It's, it's awful. It's I, funny, I leave you I with that gift. Go watch it. The two of you it. think you're disagreeing, but um, Walk to Remember does feature a scene with Mandy Moore um, mixing a bucket of chopped up kangaroos. So very, very comparable <laughs> film in its upsetting 100%. viscera. <laughs> Alexi, thank you so, so, so much thank for you. going thank through you. this my with pleasure. us. We are blood Thank brothers. You, so you take care now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.